Have you ever wondered why some people, ideas, and careers advance rapidly? We discover the mindsets and the actions behind them. Today we have Kate Moore on the podcast, who is a longtime uh, software marketing executive, has worked for companies such as Cloud Sherpa, Sales Fusion, and most notably LeanKit. Uh, Kate played a fundamental role in uh, bringing LeanKit to 25 million ARR a year from 5 million. And she's a current go-to-market consultant for multiple SaaS companies. Yeah, so I mean, I understand, Kate, you know, you've had a Really successful career, you know, one of your big accomplishments being uh, the impact you made with LeanKit. So you were able to really um, scale the, the revenue or pay, play a key role in scaling revenue from 5 million to 25 million. Um, so I'd just like to start from the beginning because obviously there's a lot that in your development, um, you know, as a, as a marketer and as somebody with a lot of knowledge and experience in, in the SaaS environment, I'm sure there's a lot of experiences leading up to that. So uh, rather than me kind of giving a an overview on on what you've done, I'd love to hear firsthand from you, just for our listeners, uh, what was the path like leading up to, to now? Well, I graduated college in 2008, and it was the worst time. The market fell out. I felt lucky to have, you know, quote unquote, real job when I graduated from school and I started in uh, media sales. I worked for a company called Tech Target. They're still a great company, a publicly traded global company. And they um, they really invested in me. They uh, they have a training class for for their incoming salespeople, right? They 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 hire out of school, um, and they have a they sort of teach you their sales model. And really, three months probably of classroom style training, and then they they put you in the field and learning. You know, I'm I'm not the best salesperson, but learning how to sell and learning the grind that is. Uh, what a salesperson goes through. I think, uh, particularly now, is is a really important aspect of a of a career for a marketer. So I kind of fell into that, which was awesome. And you know, it was a, a great company for somebody to work for. And then I kept, you know, down that path. I worked for a, a smaller technology publishing company um, that was focused on travel and hospitality. And they actually, you know, they were not struggling necessarily, but um, they definitely saw a downturn. In, in the market back then, and they they had a printed magazine, which uh, printed magazine focused on technology. Uh, a lot of them didn't survive, right? It's, it's really a trade publication through that through that economic downturn. And so I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to help bring that business online. And that's really where I started cutting my teeth in, in marketing, right? You know, what does it take to build a website? What does it take to get people to that website? What does it mean to deliver great content? Um, I'm sure that's something you know something about nowadays too. And so, you know, that was really the, the path. It was it was starting in sales. It was continuing in sales in that that media company, and but but learning the marketing side of it as well. And and the whole time I was selling to marketers too, right? So understanding what they valued and what they needed to do to drive their business forward and and be supportive in in a particularly hard economic downturn, right? You definitely stop doing the superfluous things and you really focus on the things that you know are going to work. So I learned a ton from from our clients. And then I worked at the, the, the tech startup bug. One of my clients actually brought me into an Atlanta-based company called Cloud Sherpas. Uh, they had an amazing run. I think I, I was there a little over a year. And I, gosh, I think I was employee 200 and something. 
I mean, when I left, we were over 750, just a little over a year later. And the scale and the rapid growth was invigorating to me uh, and fun. And and then I actually went and worked for another company in the same portfolio as CloudTripus, which CloudTripus actually eventually sold to Accenture and became Accenture's Cloud First division. So really still a successful business today. And then I uh, worked for another portfolio company, MarTech company. And then and then I came to LinkedIn. So uh, that was sort of the, the story, learning you know, demand generation, learning product marketing, um, working for scaling software businesses was just, it's fun. I, um, I feel lucky every day that I thoroughly enjoy what I do and thoroughly, you know, I have fun with the teams I've been part of. And yeah, I just, that's sort of been my path. I, uh, I really just enjoy it. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's been a, a, a bit of a wild ride and, and one that you've definitely embraced over the years. Uh, I just want to touch on something you said early on there about how you know, sales and getting your uh, your hands dirty, I guess, in a sales environment earlier on actually contribute to your success and your abilities as a marketer. Um, you know, what do you think you gained from that that early sales experience that has allowed you to to succeed in, in the roles that you've held that you wouldn't have otherwise if you didn't have those early experiences? You know, I think that's a good it's a good question. It's just hard to articulate as well. I think I understanding art and science of selling and sales management even, right? It's not just selling, it's the whole process, right? What does it take to build a good sales team? You know, what does it mean to manage amazing an amazing sales team? What what technology does it take for a sales team? Living in that environment for a few years, it helps me to appreciate it, to really understand it and to appreciate it. I know what kind of hard work any sales leader that I work with is going through and, and the responsibility they hold to the company. And I feel that responsibility. I think we're able, the sales team, the marketing team, in every organization I've been part of, we've created an environment where we're really working together. Marketing is sharing in that responsibility of driving revenue and creating really happy customers. And that takes, I think it takes a lot to help educate, you know, a marketer who has never done it before, right? To truly appreciate and understand their role in the sales process. I think it's just, you know, if I were to boil it down, it's being able to create strong communication at every level in a sales and marketing organization, right? If the marketing leader and the sales leader can work work well together, can communicate together and can appreciate each other's sort of and, and their team's roles in, in driving business, whatever that word is, gosh, I can't think of it. Um, it, it trickles down, right? Into the, it's the whole organization. And you create that culture where, you know, the, the BDR understands what the marketing manager is doing to support them. Um, the, the sales rep understands the hard work, the piece of content that they're selling or they're using to help drive new businesses is doing or, um, or competitive info on helping them to objection handle and deals or whatever it is, right? They're, the two teams are so integral that if, you know, you can communicate well and appreciate how hard the job is of selling. I think you're a better marketer for it. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, that that realization or, or those insights around, you know, we need to divide work effectively. We need to have insight and perspective into what's happening across other departments. That was a key component, I think, around Lean Kit's methodology. Um, and I believe that's known as a Kanban methodology. Uh, is that... Are you able to kind yeah. of fill us in on, on Kanban and what that means and why it's important, essentially? You know, I my world was sort of rocked when I went to LeanKit because I 
learned a new way of working, which I guess it doesn't sound that punchy, but really learning how a whole organization can operate differently and, and seeing it and living in it was really impactful for me. And, you know, going forward, it's something that I would bring to any organization I, you know, I'll be part of um, or those principles. But Kanban is really, a, really about what you said. It's about visibility. Um, it's about visualizing work so that everyone understands where work is at during or within a process, right? Um, take the creation of a white paper. The sales team might hear about this white paper that they need to help you know, have conversations with leads, let's say, but they don't know all the intricacies of, of what it means to go in and create one of those papers, right? Interviewing people, researching, drafting, editing, layout, design, all the, the pieces of it, right? Because people, mm-hmm. you know, you can't yeah. have done every job. <laughs> and so being able to, to really visualize your work is, is sort of the, the first bit of value teams see when they adopt Kanban. But Further than that, you know, the the actual sort of core tenets of Kanban and Lean, right? Lean is, or Kanban is sort of the practice of Lean. Mm -hmm. There are two pillars. One is respect for people. It's respect for everyone around you, right? Whatever that means, you know, being able to be home with your kids or just having a really great, open, honest conversation that, you know, has has value to both parties. Like, whatever that is, you know, respect for people is is a big pillar of, of lean and Kanban. Um, and the other one is continuous improvement. You know, being part of an organization where everyone is committed to continuously improving, just that alone, right? When you're all on the same page about we, we continuously want to do better is invigorating and exciting. And it gets your, it gets you excited to get up in the morning and go to work and, you know, know that you're all on the same page. Not that you don't have the same struggles and, and go through the same hard things as every other company, but you know you're starting from the same amazing, awesome place of wanting to make things better. It sounds like these principles, I mean, they relate not only to, uh, you know, being being better in marketing and, and process efficiency, but um, to life in general. I mean, these sounds like, <laughs> these sound like great cultural values and values that you can hold as a person to just be more effective and successful overall. Um, did they that really, really Yeah, did that really seep into the culture, the overall culture at Lean Kid as well, and just how you guys approach work yeah. in general and the balance between life and work overall? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, there are there are some amazing stories out of Lean Kid. I think, you know, we also, you know, we were primarily serving enterprise companies, right? Really large companies. And we weren't that ourselves, but we could see uh, the culture of change we were driving for for kind of you know, call it staunchy, uh, slow-moving enterprises, right? Um, when they would adopt Kanban, oh my gosh, it's, it's night and day. Um, we actually had the, one of my most proud moments at Lean Kit was hearing the the head of a claims department for a, a large um, insurance company that everyone's heard of, uh, at least in the states. Um, uh, she started crying on the. She's like, I just can't tell you how much it means to my team to be able to work in an environment like this now, right? When someone is uh, terminally ill or they've had a horrible accident, right? And they want to understand whether or not a company is going to cover, an insurance company is going to cover their medical expenses, uh, you know, at least in, in the healthcare system in the States, it's a really, really stressful time. 
And, um, you know, there's a claims agent on the other side of that. So they've got to say, yes or no, we're going to cover this, right? And they've got rules and, and things they follow, right? But no one thinks about that claims agent, how much, how hard that job is to talk to terminally ill people every day and tell them, you know, yes, we can cover it. No, we can't. Um, being able, you know, being able to, to have visibility into their work made their lives better, right? She's, she's emotional on the phone because she just, um, is excited about the fact that they have a, yeah. a good place to work every day. You know, I think we weren't, we started in that, right? At Lean Kit, we started in, you know, we were founded on the roots and principles of Lean and Kanban. So um, from a from a culture perspective, it wasn't like we were horrible and we're getting better now, right? It was always this, this environment of continuous improvement and um, good communication. You know, it's not necessarily a, a principle of lean, but um, it's so, uh, it was it was a result of it, for sure. Um, so yeah, and we had struggles, right? We grew rapidly. Um, and, and so, you know, every time you grow, what does that do to the system and the culture? Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, every time we were able to rely on those principles and, and um, yeah, it was, it was really, truly um, just such an awesome place to work. Uh, um, I am a little sad that we sold. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's that's always a good sign. But um, I think uh, you know, there's so much I could I could really pull out of that and and really ask you. Um, but I think I think you know one important point and certainly relevant today really stands out where you mentioned um, you know selling into these really really slow moving and. Um, I guess environments, larger larger organizations that are a little slower to to adopt um, tools such as LeanKit. I mean, that's you know the challenge, the go to market challenges that you faced early on. I mean, that's certainly not and um, wouldn't be unique to you guys. There are so many solutions available today. I mean, I think there's over five thousand Martech solutions over a variety of subcategories and verticals, obviously. But um, I mean, what can you say about staying competitive? Um, in general, across uh, markets as saturated as Martech, I mean, obviously those Kanban principles and those the ability to to be agile with with work, I'm sure helped to adapt and um, you know shift directions when needed. But I guess um, on a larger scale, I mean, how did those principles help you to stay competitive in such a crowded market? But uh, maybe maybe from a higher level than that as well. Um, organizing like technology companies that are in these saturated markets in general, and what, what can they do today to stand out and, and you know, see the success that LeanKit, similar success as LeanKit? I think um, uh, to unwrap that a little bit, I think um, one thing is that is so um, great about Lean and Kanban is that when you study the the methodology, you understand um, it forces you to do one thing. And I think this is the one thing that also um, makes it better, easier. Um, Yeah, it makes it easier at least to stay competitive and stay relevant um, really in a competitive market um, is staying really, really close to your customer. You know, Lean is, is founded on the idea that uh, and Kanban, uh, that you produce only the work that you know customers will value. And you remove yourself 
really from the production process. You say, you say, I understand customers want X feature, right? You take all that feedback and you, you, you do your best to remove your own bias from it and you build what mm-hmm. people want. And um, mm-hmm. I think that's something, you know, that, that cyclical nature, right? The other thing that Kanban does is, is help you to start small. So you get this customer feedback and you build something small. You don't go, go big. You don't, there's no big bang when you're producing products with a, with a Kanban methodology. You're iterating your way to value for a customer. And the, the reason why that's so valuable, so valuable for lead, for lead kit and, and companies who adopted lean and Kanban principles, you know, in large enterprise environments was really that they were able to start small. They got good feedback or they got bad feedback. And if they started small and it wasn't yeah. working, it wasn't what the customer wanted, they were able to abandon it with ease. And and that's really what I think helps you stay competitive in, in highly, you know, highly competitive or it helps you stay relevant in the highly competitive market is staying as close to the customer as possible. And there's a few methodologies that you can use to do that. But ultimately, you know, the companies that you see win are the ones that are delivering the most value for their customers. And you know, it's sort of a broad term, but I think they're they're humble about and, and eager and hungry about getting that yes, feedback yeah. and delivering on it. Do you think there's a lot of bias that still happens in organizations when, you know, you've ran a test or you've identified an area where maybe your original hypothesis wasn't exact and there's there's a little more to dig into there. Is there resistance? Is there bias among team members sometimes? Is that something that Kanban helps to mediate? Or, I mean, that just specific, because yeah. we all have our perceptions and our beliefs and in organizations, I guess the wheels can slow a bit when uh, we're not evaluating truths and, and the right ideas uh, when we're kind of kind of stick into our guns and what we know and the fear of being wrong can sometimes get in the way. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does. Right. When everyone is committed to visualizing their work and to continuously improving, right. You can't, it is sort of a humbling thing, right. You can't, you can't hide from the fact that you're a month behind on, you know, uh, delivering a new feature or something like, right. It's just there. Um, and it's felt by everyone because everyone's committed to it. It's not, there's no name calling, blaming, whatever it is, right? Because it's all out there. Everyone is exposed. Everyone's work is exposed to, to seeing, you know, where, where are we truly at? And I think when, you know, when companies get into trouble, it's because there's a culture where, uh, you're worried or afraid that doing something wrong or not doing something bigger or better or whatever can hurt you. And if, if you're not afraid to fail, um, which is a hard thing, and I think it starts with leadership, but if you're not afraid to fail, then you start to, you, you know, you will fail, right? It's an inevitable thing, but you fail small and you fail fast. And, and then that's how you get better. That's how, you know, as a team, you take yourself out of it. You take your own bias out of the work, right? And you just, have a conversation about where you're at as a team, where where the work is at, and you you get going on it from a from a customer perspective, right? Everyone is able to see exactly what that customer feedback is. We're not in taking it through one person and one person decides like, hey, here's what we're going to go build. We're visualizing it. Everyone's hearing it. Everyone's hearing the successes and failures your your customers are having with your product, and then you know you're all on the same page about what that feedback is, and then. 
easy, it's easier to remove yourself because you're bought into what the customer said. You're bought into, you know, mm-hmm. what they need. You feel like you're on their mission together, right? You're helping them succeed. And then it's just easier, I think, to get going and, and remove yourself from, from, you know, what you need to build, what you feel you need to build or what you feel is right. Obviously, when we test, um, you know, there's opportunity. The reason we do it, there's opportunity to adjust or to reiterate what's working. But um, obviously, you know, that, that, that fear of failure is originating from we, if, we, if we mess up too big, then this is going to fall back on me or it's going to set us back a certain amount or we're wasting time. I mean, is, is there, are there failures that are too big? Are there experiments that you shouldn't take or should you always just be quick to say, we don't know for sure. Let's, let's put this content out there or let's pivot in, in this direction from a narrative perspective, whatever it is. Uh, are there, are there mistakes that you can make or failures you can have that are, that are too large within this environment? Would you say? No. I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, the, the idea of uh, starting small, right. Um, you, it's not to hinder, you know, big, hairy or audacious goals, right. What is it called? B-hack. Um, you know, you should be thinking <laughs> big, right. But, but doing small to prove that that big idea is, is the path to go, right. So that when you're on it, you know, it's the right, the right path for you. So, so yeah, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to underscore, the idea that thinking big or having a really big hypothesis yeah. is is bad. It's not. It's exciting and it's innovative, but the action you take to to prove that hypothesis, right, is yes. is yeah. small and iterative. Yeah. So in a sense, I mean the giant question mark is more indicative of okay, this is a problem worth testing. I think it's a big if, so let's let's dive into it. And um, I mean that's uh that's really interesting. And, and I'm sure, you know, over your career, I mean you you as we grow and as we develop, we all develop different perspectives along the way. I mean, what have you learned? I think it'd be interesting to hear um, over the last little while as you've been on the consultant's end for, for growing SaaS companies, you know, what, like, what have you learned on the consultant's end that wasn't clear to you running an in-house organization? And, um, you know, where have you really been able to bring the most value overall based on what you've, what you've learned along the way? It's a, Totally humbling situation to be uh, in a really a new role, right? I've never been a consultant. Yeah. I don't. I I'm, so I'm learning my way through it. I think uh, there's a couple things. One, it's really hard to be a consultant. I, you know, before I was at when I was at LinkedIn, I remember being so impressed with a particular consultant that I worked with that it made me realize how unimpressed I typically am with working with consultants. You know. <laughs> Which sounds terrible, right? But but these this one particular group was just on it, and they were so good that it made me it underscored the well. I really haven't had a great experience with a ton of other consultants, and I don't. I still don't know what the the right secret sauce is. I'm I'm you know failing every day. <laughs> I think I'm succeeding a little bit uh, as a consultant, but but definitely learning how hard it is to to be an outsider but deliver insider value. Right, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're not part of the internal team. You don't have the most up to date information, but they they do look to you to be, you know, to have the answers. And I know that there's value that that given the information I have about a particular company, right? I I can provide value, but it never seems quite as strong or as valuable as 
when I'm in an internal team leading leading a marketing team where I've got all the information and I feel like I can make a better informed decision. I feel more uh, conviction in the things we need to go do than I than I have felt as adult. So I mean, maybe that's me as you know being immature and, and new to this. That could absolutely be, but I do have a just a sense of you know a camaraderie, I guess, with the consultants that I wasn't super impressed with. Mm-hmm. They have a really hard time. It's a real, it is a struggle, but there is so much value that that could be untapped when working together uh, and making sure that consultant has the right information. Right? I I sort of retroactively blame myself um, for not giving you know, who I was working with, more information. I, I gave them what I thought was relevant, yeah. but perhaps not all the pieces that they needed to be, you know, to deliver the most success. So, so being on both ends of it, um, when, like, when, when would you say it's ideal for an organization to, to bring in somebody on the consulting end with, you know, with Mike, which, who might have a little bit more expertise across, you know, multiple markets, multiple verticals, like having that perspective certainly helps rather than just being kind of in the trenches, but when do you think it's ideal for for organizations to bring somebody like you into the picture uh, when evaluating, you know, what they can kind of do in-house and, and what they know yeah. currently? I'd be curious for your answer on this as well. Um, but I I think the earlier, the better. If you have a, a, a consultant or a, or a consulting team that understands, you know, how to bring a new product to market, if you're if you're the one working hard on delivering a new product, right? You're probably a strong technical person, maybe a strong yes. product person, yeah. but but perhaps you don't you know have the the skills, the go to market skills that you know other more like more experienced people have had bringing products to market. Yeah. You know the the value I think you can bring an early stage you know seed stage company you know only changes the trajectory of that company. So that would be, you know, that'd be my answer. What would be your answer? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's interesting. I think if you look at like the in-house resources as well, and just all the things that you need to deliver upon within an organization and and within a marketing organization specifically, it's looking at, well, these are all the things we have planned. We have this other item or this other opportunity that we want to capture, but to be able to take that on ourselves, you know, it's, the resources, the time, it might not be there. If we can bring someone in to kind of facilitate that process overall, who has great ideas, who has great insights, who has a team that can really execute on it, then, I mean, that's something that allows us to kind of get ahead, right? We're focusing on all these things internally, but, you know, here's something we really need to explore. Um, you know, here's a message we need to test. Here's a strategy we that sounds like it could be really effective for us, but we just don't have the bandwidth to, to do it ourselves. So let's trust somebody else that that can. Um, have you seen that to be, I mean, you might be working with companies a little later on, but have you seen that to be a problem as well or something to be captured? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Hands to do the work. Let's do it. Right. Um, there's always a value, even if it's not, even if it's not the right thing, you know, defaulting to action to, to getting yeah. something out there. Is I think you know so crucial for you know earlier stage companies. Um, yeah. So yeah. so yeah, I I I find that I find the companies I'm probably a little bit little bit later stage. You know, working mostly with uh, companies that have about million to two million in ARR right now. Okay. Yeah. You know, 
they they um they have a so still still they, still fairly still fairly early on as well though yeah okay. yeah 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 okay. um, they've sort of proven product market fit at that point but they don't know how yeah. to how to capitalize yeah. on it so yeah, you know, and that's something actually I really struggle with as a consultant as well. I don't know if you feel this, but I want to do all the work too. <laughs> you know, I, yes. I enjoy yeah. it. I have, yeah. I have fun with that, but sometimes, you yeah. know, it's hard. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you put your best abilities into multiple projects if you have your hands in them and you're not, and you're not delegating, but I definitely feel the, I guess the need and the passion to, to really take on as much as I, I can myself individually rather than delegating it to other members of the team. Um, and that just comes down to, I think, knowing the organization you're talking to so well and, and really um, experiencing the nuances and, and I guess the nuanced perspective that you have based on really digging in deep and, and understanding what the issues are. Um, but I mean, I think overall, what's, what's kind of next for you, Kate? Like, where do you, where do you want to go from here? Are you, you know, happy being on both ends of it? Or are you kind of looking for the next venture, the next opportunity, or maybe going off on your own and on the consulting yeah. end for the time being? Where do you want to go? I think long-term, not quite ready to talk about it yet, but there's a group of us uh, working on <laughs> yeah. an idea for another okay. for yeah. another. Yeah. for another software company. So that would be the ultimate goal, right? You know, hopefully someday we can get that funded and, and get to go full hog, full time on it. The, you know, if it's really a, a need in the market. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm consulting. I like it. I, it's been a good, refreshing change for me getting, you know, dabbling in a bunch of companies, right? Like being, understanding the problem set of a bunch of companies is, you know, immensely valuable. Um, but yeah, ultimately I yeah. think uh, I'm a, I'm an in-house, in-house kind of person. <laughs> well, that's always the value. I think we play like being a part of startup in the software world. Is you know, where, like, is there is there an opportunity at some point to kind of go off on our own and and you know, shape our own solution, or do we want to kind of stay you know within the organization and, and solve problems there? Um, so, I mean, looking at that, you've you've done a lot of that. I mean, you've done a lot of you know, director, VP, strategic level roles within organizations. How do you think, you know, say you do pursue this idea and, um, you know, get it, get it off the ground. How do you think your experience working with in the startup world in general up until now is going to help you in a role as, say, a founding member of a, of a team? Um, do you think that you're prepared for that? Do you think that there will be additional things to learn? Uh, what's your kind of thought around that next step? I feel like outside my comfort zone, which I, which I like putting myself in those situations, right? I felt that way about the LinkedIn job. I, I wasn't quite sure I was ready to lead a marketing team of 22. I even said that to my CEO. I was like, I'm not sure I'm ready for this. He's like, you're, everyone's got to do this at some point, right? Um, at some point you learn, right? You learn how to succeed and lead and, and everyone, you know, pushes themselves a little bit outside their comfort zone every time, you know, learn. Right. And, and that's yeah. what's fun. I, I, it's, it's always a learning experience. I don't really mm -hmm. feel prepared for it. Uh, there's a lot <laughs> of factors that, that kind of tie in there. So I'd be interested just, just what you, cause some people in their careers, I mean, they, they really, um, they might, they might take the path that you've taken and, you know, you're you, kind of that gradual climb at each stage of the organization from being an account executive and managerial role director and then, 
at the executive level and but others i mean they you know they might uh well myself i mean i've i've spent time in a, a few different um startups but i'm a young guy and i pretty quickly said i think i can bring value um kind of on the edges as a consultant and, and working with organizations in that capacity mm-hmm. uh, and you know a lot of entrepreneurs as well that they might work for a company and just find that it's it's not what they need and they jump into building out a solution whether it's software or whatever it is and it goes great. They have success. But, um, you know, what do you think, I guess, what do you think the difference would be? Because, you know, you have a lot of perspective now being in the roles that you've been in. Um, so if you, and I know, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're still developing the plan for this overall. So I don't want to dig too deep into it, but, um, I guess if you look at, kind of those two paths, how do you feel you're better equipped now, like being in the industry for 10 years or so and seeing what you've saw rather than if you wouldn't have experienced that head on as well? Yeah. You know, I, uh, I think it's mostly life's hardest challenges for me the last 10 years have mostly been about people, right? I have had, you know, two people on my team get diagnosed you know, young people get diagnosed with, um, you know, terminal cancer illnesses, you know, and you're, you, it puts things into perspective for you all the time. Whenever something like that happens, you know, I enjoy what I do every day, but at the end of the day, you know, what is this all about? Um, It's about enjoying your days and and getting meaning out of what you do um, and, and building a, a life career that is, strong for for you personally but also strong for the, the people around you yeah. you know being able to what what is the most rewarding right is is seeing people able to live their lives that in in for all of the, the good things and the bad things um they both by the way uh are in remission which is amazing but it's like you know uh they get married um you know they get divorced they get all the things right that happen in life um and and being part of a team and and sharing your days with with people um life's too short to 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 not enjoy that um and to not work in an environment where you're supported and you're being supportive of everyone around you so i think the biggest challenge you know, first starting a new company is really going to be around being responsible for creating that environment, right? Not that you, you, not that every person isn't responsible for that, but you know, um, you know, a startup, right, is is can be risky. You know, understanding the finances, making sure we're making good decisions, conservative decisions, um, but but strong yeah. investment. You know, um, I think the the responsibility of that is is big and. Um, my, I think my experience, um, most, most recently, especially with, with lean kit, um, but, but all of them, you know, I think you learn the responsibilities that you have, um, and, and hopefully, you know, you feel prepared for that. (laughs) I, I feel, I feel somewhat prepared. I think I know enough to, to be be helpful, um, but not all the things that uh that we're probably going to go through because i'm not sure anyone will sign up for it they knew all those things yeah (laughs) if that makes any sense Uh, absolutely yeah um so i mean like that's that's powerful kate and i i mean it's it's i think it's rare for something like that to happen once let alone twice and and to be able to um from a people perspective deal with that and 
compassionate and um, effective way, both in regards to the individuals and the organization and the direction of the organization would be a very would be a very delicate and difficult thing to do. And so, I mean, and, and that's I think that's an, an embodiment of really what it takes to be able to to navigate the pivots and navigate all the things that are going to come up when when growing an organization in general. Um, so, I mean, um, to to look at, at all of that and and really really the direction the things that you've learned, the direction moving forward. I mean, we've talked about a lot. Uh, I don't want to be too redundant here, but just as we kind of wrap up, I'd love to hear uh, from you, you know, if there's one, if there's one lesson that you've learned, if there's one thing that you've kind of known to be true a principle uh, over the last 10 years and that you'll kind of carry moving forward, that you can kind of tell people that this would be a really really great thing either as a, a founder or as you know head of a marketing department or you know, any or any department really and you know what what would it be what would that kind of principle or, or lesson be that you've just seemed to be so so important in in business and uh, yeah leadership man oof, that's a tough one I don't know yet uh, is the short answer I think I think the thing I've come to value most with people and with myself I think the um, humility that you bring when you um, uh, open with you you know your team your company um, with your own failures um, and yeah. how you learn from them the, the, the faster it helps uh, people and teams to accept um, you know the failures that will inevitably come in their own work and lives and if you, you know, if that's acceptable, if that's okay, um, I think that really starts to create the idea that you can fail fast and fail small and, um, and you can go and you're on, you're on this mission together, right? If, if there is no, no, if there's no concern about sharing the failures, you know, no, you know, hiding those things, then you're, you're all you're a step ahead of the game already, um, you know, in competitive markets or in you know whatever, right? It's the challenges that you face, like you said, um, the challenges that will inevitably come. You know, I really value that, and it's not easy, right? Um, sometimes it's hard to say, look, this thing really mattered, and and it didn't work out the way that we thought it would, or you know, mm -hmm. yeah. um, or whatever, right? Is super hard, but if you're Coming from a good place about it, you were you worked hard at it. It was it was it was the right thing to do uh, at the yeah. time. Being able to look back on it and say, you know what, um, it didn't work, or it wasn't good, or um, it didn't have the intended effect, or whatever it is, or it was just awful, <laughs> you know, then uh, then you you really you move faster and you learn faster. And I think there's no better there's just no better thing than than learning fast. Absolutely. It's powerful, uh, powerful way to put it. And uh, I think a great place for us to, to really wrap up. Uh, thank you, Kate, for all the great insights and perspective. It was great to have you on the show and uh, hope that we, we have the opportunity to connect again at some point. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate the opportunity. I, uh, I don't know. I've, I've had a lot of fun. Um, so if there's ever anything else I can do or, um, yeah, hopefully we'll connect again. Uh, I'd, I'd love to. Perfect. Great, Kate. Thank you.
Uh, still, 